Welcome to Poker High Never Dies. I'm your host, Nina. I'm your other host, Letha. Today we're talking about episode 8. With the disgusting title. Yeah, (laughs) molting. Yeah, not a great title. Um, The IMDb synopsis for this week is Johnny prepares his Cobra Kai students for the next All-Valley Karate Tournament, and in turn, he's inspired to clean up his life. Daniel is still unaware of his new pupil's background. They really give Daniel the shaft. They really do. Like week after week, he always gets like an uninspiring plotline or synopsis description. Right, his synopsis is basically, Daniel still knows nothing. Well, and I think that this is actually like, not inaccurate, but it doesn't even touch upon all the stuff that happens it's so in this dramatic. episode. Um, it's, we were talking to, with, uh, between ourselves about how we were going to break down this episode. Because usually it's easy to like follow each character's arc. I thought we should just use an insect metaphor and just lean in hard to that really? thing. Skins, scales. But, but they're clearly down. referring to a snake, Nina. Oh, whatever. I mean... Other things molt. What? No, they don't. Do they? I don't know. I think molting is a reptile thing. Readers, I mean listeners, please God, write in I and mean, let us know. What don't we know? <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to say, let's take it theme by theme. Let's do that. Okay. I think... So the first theme... We're going to regret this, you know that, Yeah, right? this is going to be a mess, guys. I'm sorry. Is the first theme molting? Because I gotta say, I'm coming up empty. I mean, what is molting, Nina? What would you say? Obviously, I don't know what it is. <laughs> molting is shedding your skin and becoming something new. Okay. And that's good. Right? Okay, we'll go with that. And to me, I'm not really sure why that's the title of this episode exactly, but because I teach... Now, now, being... now. I do. All I right, see it okay. all very clearly now. We're going to start with Johnny's plot line because Johnny, I think in this episode, has turned a corner. I think before he had put all this effort into Cobra Kai and he was trying to make his students new, but this time he's turning it around on himself and trying to see how he can improve as a person. Right. Would you say he's shedding his own loser skin? Yeah. 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 He, um, you know, we begin the episode with him, uh, with a nice little montage of him training the Cobra Kai kids in, like, a junkyard. It's, uh, it's kind of what you'd expect. Like, I love it. It's like a car graveyard. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, they're smashing cars with, like, I don't know, crowbars for some reason. They're doing, like, hazardous, uh, tire runs. At one point, he sicks a bunch of dogs on them after he's just give, each given them, like, some bacon to hold. That's true. So, it's not you know. a real training unless you have to get a tetanus shot afterwards. Right, exactly. So, you know, it's kind of like Johnny Lawrence business as usual. But midway through the episode, uh, he actually gets an invite to have dinner with Miguel's mom and Miguel's grandma and, you know, Miguel himself, he gets invited to the family dinner. And that, that's when you kind of see, like, uh, the change. Oh, I should mention that before that, I believe it's before that, he explains to Miguel, like, he finds out Miguel is dating uh, Daniel's daughter, Sam, and finally, Miguel learns of the awful truth of what happened. The real truth yeah. of the All-Valley Tournament. Summer before my senior year, we got into a fight. I figured we'd work things out eventually. But then Daniel LaRusso came to town. This is it. This is the end of the line. Next thing I know, he's hitting on her. I see the two of them flirting with each other. What do you do? Oh, I walked over to have a civil conversation with Allie. What is your problem? Look, why don't you just take your little cobra kai's and get out of here? Oh, right? yeah, right. And that's going to solve everything. But LaRusso kept butting it. 
I told him to get lost, mind your own business. Out of nowhere, the guy sucker punches what an asshole. I know, man. I did what any dude would do. I defended myself. You know, I figured that was that. The Russo wouldn't leave it alone. At the Halloween dance, I'm sitting there minding my own business. He douses me with the water hose. I haven't seen the guy in months. He turns a water hose on my head. So I chase him down, try to put an end to things that night, right? Turns out the guy's got a karate master of his own. Guy comes out of nowhere, jumps us, assaults me and my friends. <laughs> I think my buddy Tommy got brain damage because of that fight. Oh my god. Eventually we decided to work things out at the All Valley Turtle. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The final match, Daniel LaRusso, Miyagi Do Karate versus John Lawrence of the Cobra Kai. So we both made it to the finals. It was two to two. What happened? Who won? The Russo won. I lost. But what's worse is I lost Allie. Yeah. All right, the reason I'm telling you all this is because you got to watch out for the LaRussos. Um, what I love about this is that this whole time, I feel like, okay, maybe this entire feud between Johnny and Daniel has been extremely one-sided. Like, it's all coming from Daniel. But hearing Johnny talk about the All-Valley Tournament, you realize, like, oh, no, he's at least as upset and stuck in the past as Daniel. Yeah, they both live in the past. And now he's turning it into a blood feud, which makes, like, Miguel and Sam, like, Romeo and Juliet, like, he's... <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what I see well, yeah. playing out in this episode. Um, I'd also... I think that it would be a travesty not to mention... That this basic retelling of the Cobra of the Karate Kid is basically Johnny Lawrence's story, and uh, Daniel Larusso is the hero. It has its origins quite famously in like a like a running gag in How I Met Your Mother, where Barney always thinks that William Zabko is the true hero of the Karate Kid. And there's a lot of evidence that's piled up that this show may have only been made because of that running gag. And to that, I want to say thank you, Neil Patrick Harris. So, what do you think of the interpretation that Johnny had of that? It, basically, not just the night of the All Valley, but uh, like up to the point, like him and Allie's relationship, and like the impact that Daniel Larusso had on his life. I mean, here's the thing: like, obviously, everyone's the hero of their own story. Um, you do. I mean, you know, I love Johnny Lawrence. You know that. You know, I'm on Team Johnny. But it's kind of like even in the clips that he shows, it's like, yeah, you're an asshole. Yeah, when you um, see five. Okay, so I, I noticed a few things. One, Allie, um, I think not having remembered much about, I don't even think they referenced this in the first movie about how long they dated. But I didn't realize Johnny, they were dating for two years. Two years is a significant amount of time. Right. And if you see the portrayal of Johnny from that first movie, he's kind of a one-dimensional bully, which is what makes this revival so great. It adds some shade to his character. So that means like Allie dated a bully for two years. <laughs> It's not looking great. I don't right. know. Maybe Allie is a complicated uh, Rubik's Cube, and who knows what she's into. And 
Anyway. Casting two, aspersions on Allie, I see. Two years is a Although, long fucking time to date someone. You do you do get the feeling, like, throughout, like, Cobra Kai, the series, that Johnny has never gotten over Allie, and that Allie was more than just, like, yeah. this chick that he dated for a while, that, like, he was really, really in love with her. Yeah. And so, I think we, we mentioned, and they, he said, oh, we went to golf and stuff, so it's a special time, special memory. Golf and stuff is important to Johnny for that reason. That's where he had his first date with Allie. Yeah, but did we say in the last episode that he had, Daniel had a date? Yeah. Daniel had his first date with Allie there too. Again, like I said, maybe there's only two places to go in this town and you're bound to go to golf and stuff with somebody. Maybe multiple somebody. Do you think that like... I bet Sam and Kyler went to golf and stuff. I bet, yeah, everybody goes to golf and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. But it sounds like you're, you're implying that like, Allie and Daniel going on a date there was like desecrating the memory of golf and stuff, right? It's like yeah. they had sex on Johnny's bed. That's what it's like. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's a it's a special date memory. Right. So there's like a lot of anger not anger exactly, but a lot of sadness in Johnny just remembering this and like you can see that the loss of the tournament is really tied up with the loss of Allie in his mind. I um, think he's also angry at Allie though, and that gets back to that I think we've the toxic masculinity bit. I think, yeah, Allie becomes, like, the, the prize to be won here. Right, because he was, like, he says something interesting, which is, like, you know, I lost the tournament, and worst of all, I lost Allie, as if those two things are, like, really related. Yeah, connected. Um, so, yeah, like, I think... And it's, like, dude, it's high school, and uh, two years of going to golf and stuff maybe doesn't mean that much. I don't, I don't think know. she loved you, dude. I mean, that's like a harder thing, actually, Does to come Allie to terms with. Does Allie love anybody is the real question. Oh, somebody's a little anti-Allie I'm today. just saying we don't know much about Allie, except she's... <laughs> we'll learn, we'll learn a yeah. bit more about what she's doing in the next episode. No spoilers, but... um the next season. No, no, actually. Like, Allie comes up in the next episode. Ah. Yeah. Uh, you, you all should know, of course, that we have watched all of the episodes of season one and yeah, season but two. I... But we're just reliving them anew so we can do this, <laughs> this podcast with fresh eyes. But anyways, we were talking about Johnny's arc. And you see him at a low point when he's, like, li- reliving the past. But then you see him joining Miguel's family for dinner. And that's, like, kind of when you see him going through this turning point and realizing that he can break with the past. It is possible. Yeah. And that's based on, like, what Miguel's mom tells him. I'm so glad Miguel's finally making some nice friends. It's been difficult for him. We've had to move around a lot. Where are you guys from originally? Ecuador. Oh. Why'd you leave? Porque se enamoró de un come mierda. Mama, um, I got married at 18. After I became pregnant with Miguel, I learned the truth about my husband's job. Let's just say he was a very bad man. I had to get far away from him. Sorry to hear that. Don't be sorry. I moved on long ago. You can't let the mistakes of the past determine your future. So then after that, you see like you see him go to visit his stepfather, Sid. And, you know, it was just as awful as he was, like, in the first episode. Yeah. Um, so what I love about that is, uh, I think, yeah. So she, Miguel's mom says, you can't let the mistakes of the past determine your future. Um, so he does a, a few things. He finally cleans his disgusting fucking apartment, which is, like, encrusted with Cheetos and, like, soaked through with cores. And um, that was something. a long time coming. Um, he does some, sorry, and then he does something that's so significant. He reaches into the refrigerator and he reaches past the cans of cores and pulls out a jug of orange juice. I feel like he wouldn't even have orange juice. I feel like 
Orange juice is actually not that good for you. Um, but yeah. it's mostly sugar. But it's a turning point. It's a metaphorical turning that's point. True. He and thinks it's healthy, and that's what matters. That's what matters. He's treating his body with a lot of processed okay, sugar. Okay, can I ask something? Right. I, I'm just, I was just curious. Do you think that Johnny has a bed frame? Do you think he ha- he sleeps on a mattress on the floor? I think he probably sleeps on a mattress yeah. on the okay. floor. So that is the... I just want to know that he's made that change and that that would signal to me that he's an adult. Right. Like, it's very... Actually, this is something that we've discussed many times. Not in the context of the Karate Kid no, so much. No, just more like our observations of humanity and right. how it's going down the tubes. There are many, many... I don't want to say men, but let's say men, men. Who just have mattresses on the ground without, like, a bed frame or legs on your bed. And we want to say, why? Yeah, come on. Just elevate the goddamn bed. Just make that one little piece of effort. It's like 20 bucks. It's like... You can find it your for time. free in a dumpster. Really, you can. Too. And it makes a difference. It makes it seem like you have your shit together because you sleep on a bed and not a mattress on the and floor. also, wasn't Johnny a handyman and so he could have built it himself? Yeah, maybe he does have legs on I his know. bed. I know. I'm maybe not going to it, but this, yeah, you're right. Maybe we don't know for sure that he doesn't have a bed frame, but let's just say new Johnny would definitely have a bed frame. Yeah. His apartment looks dramatically better. Much better. Yeah. Well, now that we've, like, sort of dissected Johnny's complex relationship with the past, what about Daniel? What about Daniel? Ah, okay. So we see a bit of uh, his flashback-heavy arc because his mom is in town. Grandma LaRusso is back in town. Well, not back in town, but Grandma LaRusso is there for a visit. And she's visiting from Jersey? She's visiting from Jersey. That woman is Jersey through and through, always will be. She is an Indian mother-in-law. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. Uh, She's basically shading Amanda for not making all the food from scratch, which, frankly, if I was as rich as the LaRussos, I would never cook again. Right? No, I would never. burn all of my cooking implements. Daniel's wife has better shit to do. And, like... She appears to be running uh, a car dealership... Um, on her own. Basically on her own. I mean, I know that Daniel is involved, but, you know, you can already tell that he's getting a little bit distracted with the karate, and... As we find out in this episode, the LaRusso's, um, the two Putts employees are part of the LaRusso clan and are kind of obligation hires. Well, Louis, Louis LaRusso is. Who's the other guy? The other guy, whose name I forget. Exactly. Um, is not related to the LaRusso's, okay. though. I think he's Armenian, to be honest, so he, that would be a little... Okay, so one person does work and was perhaps hired honestly and the other one is just daniel's cousin louis larusso yeah um who is so jersey that it hurts and also is uh basically not a great employee and when that's alluded to at the dinner table grandma larusso is all like you always take care of family which is like really like yeah. what are you the mob like well he he uh mentions that he's fallen in with a he met a new band of friends who are part of a biker gang of yep. sort yep he's got his he's great. like Basically, befriended some no good nicks in this episode, and that'll that'll come up later, of course. But Grandma Larusso basically is reminiscing about how awful Cobra Kai was to her son, and you see Sam like getting all nervous about it and being like, maybe they're not all bad. But like, you definitely see the repercussions of the past affecting the present. Like, you know, yeah. Sam, Sam is, is particularly uh, one. Uh, she's particularly gutless because she's. Her, so she tries to kind of feel out the situation, and she's like, maybe Cobra Kai isn't so bad. And once she realizes, like, the entire LaRusso clan is anti-Cobra Kai, uh, later when she talks to Miguel, 
I think they have two lines, and she's basically trying to get him to join, like, a different dojo. Yeah. And, like, keep in mind, Miguel has been told the awful story of uh, Johnny and Daniel, and he's just heard it. And the end, the ending thing that Johnny tells him after that is, my point is, just never trust a LaRusso. Which is, like, such yeah. a weird point. It's like, I don't think that Sam is going to defeat him at, like, the All-Valley Tournament, so I don't think it's exactly going to play out the same way. But yeah. he's, it's really just kind of jarring that she's immediately like join a different dojo it doesn't seem right you know and like miguel's kind of like that'd be a shitty thing to do and then her her dad comes calling and she tells him that oh i'm sorry i'm talking to nobody and you can tell miguel's very hurt sam sticks up for nobody she really doesn't she has no loyalties no i mean you see it with uh, aisha you see it with miguel she's just kind of like <laughs> she's gutless yeah and you know miguel is oddly like concerned. Like, oh no, Sam's dad's not gonna like me. Oh no, Sam won't introduce me. It's like, what kind of teenage boy, like, is dying to be introduced to somebody's dad? I think this entire show is about exploring the insecurities of all the characters. No matter how put together they seem, they've got something kind of driving them. So, like, Miguel up to this point has been kind of this extremely stable, rational teen in a world full of crazy karate-obsessed adults. (laughs) And you finally see that like, yeah, he does have a little bit of, like, kind of, not not to the extent that Hawk does, but he still feels that, like, sting of insecurity of not feeling quite good enough. Um, yeah, but I think what happens, can we just skip ahead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when, basically Miguel, uh, at the end of the episode, he wants to go to LaRusso's to, like, introduce himself to Sam's dad, and he looks through the window and witnesses his family dinner. And, um, um incidentally... Robbie, who in this episode, uh, he comes to LaRusso's house to, like, uh, have a karate lesson, meets Sam in a bathing suit for the first time, and eventually, like, wrangles himself a little bit of an invitation to the LaRusso family dinner. Robbie's there at the table, joking and laughing with Sam, and, you, you know, you can see Miguel just feels, like, very much... Would that, if, if you were in uh, Miguel's shoes, would that push you over the edge? Or... Okay, I want to say in this show, I love this show, but there's a lot of moments where somebody sees something from afar... And changes their destiny based on that. And these things like, oh my god, Robbie saw his dad hug a karate student. Now he's going to join the LaRusso family auto group. Or like, Miguel sees through the window that Robbie, this kid he doesn't know, is at a family dinner. And is just like so hurt by that. that, Robbie could have been like a A cousin. Yeah, anybody. anybody. And it's just, but somehow he immediately senses that this is like a rival for his affections, just as Robbie actually senses that. Do you think, do you think there was that. a flirty energy between Robbie and Samantha? I mean, clearly that's what we're supposed to think, and we're supposed to think that, like, uh, Miguel saw that through the window, that there was this flirty energy, but yeah. come on. Again, yeah. it's like, it is like Robbie seeing, like, Johnny Lawrence hug Miguel and being like, oh, my father has a new surrogate son. Yeah, like, and Daniel will pretty okay. much invite anyone over for dinner. I mean, right. Tyler was just there like a few weeks ago. It's really not hard if to score an invitation. If you go on one date with Samantha, you're basically guaranteed an invite. Yeah, sometimes with like really fancy sushi and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I so. mean, he's buying lobster dinner for for Armand or whoever. I mean, he's buying dinner for right. a lot it's of people. It's nothing for Daniel. And speaking of Daniel, like... Even though his mom is in town and everything, I would say that he doesn't have, like, that much of a plot line of his own. His main thing is that he decides to get away from his mother and his wife fighting by taking Robbie, his karate pupil, on a trip to, like, the forest so that they can, like, do katas and synchronous. And there's a bit of a 
a montage here that's like kind of a contrast to the montage of like Cobra Kai in the junkyard is them like being very zen and spending time in nature and doing oh, karate on like branches and things like that. I did want to note the the one moment of Anthony watch. Um, Anthony watch. At dinner, Samantha goes, Anthony, you're the worst. Um, and then when Robbie meets Samantha, he says, oh, you're the daughter he's talking, he talks about all the time. And not the son that he tries to pretend doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm like, if anybody should be upset that, like, they're being replaced by a surrogate, it's Anthony. Do you think he asked Anthony to go into the woods to practice karate with him at any point? I do not think he wants to spend time alone with Anthony. Yeah. Um, I will, I noted this. I actually took this note that Grandma LaRusso does hug Anthony. I was surprised. Are we sure that wasn't a stunt double or, like, that was... <laughs> I was actually like, wow, somebody treated Anthony with affection. I know. Um, but, I mean, how often does Mama LaRusso actually visit them? Maybe once a year? Once she gets to know years? Anthony, there will be no more hugs. Right. It'll just be all... Oh, my God, Anthony, you make everything worse. No Shut up. That's right. Anthony, right. you're the worst. Um, uh, the... Back to the training sequence. Oh, yeah. So, um, I want to say that we were watching this episode. My husband was in the other room. We were watching the training montage again, like Daniel and Robbie are doing like synchronized katas and stuff like that. And there's this music in the background, and my husband shouts out, "Is this a sex scene?" And it's it's the music is like really like kind of romantic. It's kind of so it's interesting because I I love the soundtrack for this entire show. There's like some excellent tracks, but I've noticed that the two now training montages with Robbie and Daniel. Involve like some sort of I don't even call it like kind of smooth jazz or music yeah. or like it's a little odd. It's I an don't odd understand. choice. Maybe they go in a different direction in season two, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I noted about this is it's a lot of like beautiful like landscapes and sunsets, and they're punching into the wind. Also, and, you know what I have to say right here, right now, God. California Watch, you guys. Like, they're in this deciduous forest where the leaves are starting to change color. That is not what forests look like. In California, there should be redwoods. It should be coniferous trees. Yeah, evergreens. why didn't they... Oh, they're in SoCal. Because it's filmed in Georgia. Yeah. It's the dirty truth. I hate to say God it. God damn it. Um, but, anyways, sorry. They were... There There is a lot of beautiful scenery. I do want to say that, like... It's when, actual karate, though. That was also, like... I was like, finally, we're getting to see... Miyagi knows karate. Right. And I, I, I want to say, I think it's like, I think you're supposed to look at this and compare it to the montage of Cobra Kai, you know, when they're being chased by dogs and meanwhile Robbie's doing like kicks and like in front of a sunset. It's kind of a nicer and gentler karate, although Daniel has Robbie like practice all of his karate moves while standing on top of a log, which looks just about as dangerous as just about everything else no, that like Cobra Kai does. that log wasn't that high off the ground, it, and it was a, there was a bed of leaves to catch him as he fell. I don't know, man. I Whereas mean, I felt like when you're watching the training montage, or sort of the training montage that Johnny puts his students through, he's like... He opens with just throwing a can of cores at the floor and handing them jerky so that they can get set upon by dogs. I think what I like about Johnny Lawrence the is that's level. the kind of teacher I would like to be. Yeah, and when he's at dinner um, with Miguel and his mom, and Miguel's mom opens with, like, I hope he's not going to get hurt at this tournament. And he's like, nothing you can't recover from. Yeah, nothing permanent. Yeah, he's exactly. Cool. I'm just saying, if Robbie had fallen off that log wrong, it could have been something that he'd he could have broken from. his neck. Totally. Yeah. I'm just saying, karate is a dangerous sport no matter how much smooth jazz is playing during your montage. Life lessons, mm -hmm. guys. So I think it's important to note. 
Um, uh, now, bringing it back to family. Oh, wait, I had more on that. Sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. I, I took so many notes during this training montage. Um, Daniel says that Robbie was more of a natural than he was. So is this Daniel admitting that he was never good at karate? Wow. I'm just wondering, because I didn't see... I don't. I didn't see anything that impressive from either one of them during Nina, the training. Nina, 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 you're gonna have to just face facts. Daniel won that tournament. Oh yeah, he won it. Sure, on a technicality. Oh, I see. Okay, I'm going with the prevailing. I, I'm going with Barney on this one. It was an illegal kick, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it was. <laughs> um, and the other thing is, there is a point at during this very tender bonding moment. Uh, when Robbie is on the verge of kind of confessing his secret Cobra Kai origins, which again seems like such a dramatic thing. Like, do you owe your employer slash okay, karate sensei a full family history? Wouldn't you want to know if you were working with the son of your mortal enemy? And it, we, you know, you could just claim ignorance. Like, I didn't know you. You're a grown man with a karate vendetta. I'm sorry. I just thought I was. I just needed a job and. I happen to, to, like, coincidentally go work for my father's mortal enemy? Who'd buy that? There's, I don't know. Um, I don't think that... You know, I'm, I don't like people that lie, but I think Robbie is justified in just being like, look, uh, I'm just here for the hot meals and the karate lessons. And your hot daughter. I know. I don't really think he's there for a hot Samantha. I, I think he's actually there for, like... He's looking for a father. He's looking for a father. Daniel's, like, fitting that yeah. role. Um, but, you know, Robbie does not summon the courage to confess. And so when Daniel, as our IMD synopsis says, remains in ignorance for one more week. Yeah. Um, and he's not wrong about uh, keeping that from him because everything, that, like, Daniel is, like, worked up in a lather in the last four episodes about uh, Cobra Kai and its effect on the city and, like... The All Valley Tournament, like, he he would probably lose his mind. Well, yeah, because I mean, it's right. Like, we know at this point that both Daniel and Johnny, like, still, like, take their rivalry very seriously. The people around them know it. Like, Robbie knows it. Sam knows it. Miguel now knows yeah, it. Yeah, and it's, apparently only Amanda thinks it's ridiculous. Which is great about yeah. Amanda. I, I respect that. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny, because, like, it, you know, we were talking about her as a character... Yeah, she never gets her own plot lines, and, and, you know, I think that's not great, because I really do like her. But I do like that her role in the show is actually unique, because she's the only one who treats it as, like, the ludicrousness that it is. Yeah. Like, come on, you're grown men. Like, please. <laughs> um, and, like, yeah, so that and her reaction to seeing a dick on her husband's face is just, like, yeah, yeah. That, that wins me over. Um so, so getting back to the family arc, I'm determined to make this work, Nina. You can't stop okay. me. There's an arc. It runs through this episode. The arc is family. Johnny's writing a letter to Robbie. It's it's actually sweet. He's like... He doesn't get very far. He doesn't he get very gets far. He one line in. He gets a couple lines in. He's just saying he knows he can't change the past. He's saying that he wants to start over with, he basically. He refuses to text or email. Yeah, he so. does say that. Um, but at this point, he's interrupted because... The erstwhile LaRusso cousin, Louie, and two no-good dicks that he's met, the motorcycle people, are, like, taking bats to Johnny's car. And I think, if I recall, like, uh, when they're all having uh, dinner with Grandma LaRusso, Louie mentions something like, you know, this Cobra Kai guy, yeah, he sucks, especially because we, like, fixed his car for free. What the hell? So I guess that's what... exacting blood vengeance. Blood vengeance. Um, You know, Johnny comes out and, like, karate's the shit out of them. 
the motorcycle guys have like already poured gasoline on the car. To be fair to Louis Larusso, I love how they just that. travel with gasoline. Like, right, this is just part of their like. You never know when you're going to have to torch something, right? Um, Jesus, like Louis Larusso had like started out by like whacking the car with a baseball bat and saying like, "This is a message from Daniel Larusso." Although when pressed, he kind of admits that he made that up. I wrote this down. I said Louis will get this family killed. Yeah, <laughs> I mean like because uh, Johnny is like understandably very upset and he's like where does LaRusso live and I'll say this for Louis he has this moment where he's like I just made that up look I'll take my licks like a man it's all right but then like Johnny just like shakes him or something he's like never mind here's the address that's true you can see where Sam gets her gutlessness from (laughs) ah oh the LaRussos yes um and so that that scene and the episode basically just ends with Johnny hopping on one of the Hells Angels motorcycles and riding off presumably to Daniel LaRusso's house yeah. So here's a question for you. I'm going to spoil everything and say that Louis, Louis LaRusso is not seen again on this show. Is that true? I believe that's true. Where does he go after okay, this? Okay, I think... Do? Okay, so Louis LaRusso is obviously on a bad path. He's very impressionable. He gets mixed up with the wrong crowd. Uh, he's willing to, like... He's willing to basically take orders, right? He's willing to, like, cl- scale a billboard and, like, paint it over because Daniel LaRusso doesn't want to pay somebody to do it. He's willing to, like beat up his family rivals, like, car. Uh, I think, eventually, he falls into the mob, and he just gets, like, fitted for a pair of cement shoes and, like, thrown into the Hudson. Dark. I think so. Really? You see him as a mafia student? Yes. Is that because he's Italian and because you're being racist? Okay. It could have been... I didn't say an Italian mafia. (laughs) It could have been any mafia. It could be the Yakuza, for all we know, yes. Indeed! Um... I mean, who knows what kind of gangs prevail in Southern California. It's a very diverse area. That's true. Could have been an Indian gang. Could have been Kyler's gang, you know? Oh, for sure. We don't see Kyler again, really. Right. Oh, my God. What are Kyler and Louis LaRusso doing? I think it's all connected. There's, like, a universe of all these disappeared characters, mm-hmm. and they're all just They have their own adventures somewhere, I think. Along with Anthony LaRusso, and eventually he ends up well, in Well, Anthony LaRusso for sure is going to join the mob. I mean, Anthony he's LaRusso, got a lifetime of pent-up rage. He's the true victim in this show. And I do feel like a, a subsequent yeah. season has got to focus on him coming into his own. Indeed, and I had been waiting all this time. I was like, you know what? His parents hate him, but maybe he has a loving relationship with his older sister. But now, nope. now we realize... He's alone in the universe. Yeah. And, you know, do you think that eventually he'll take up karate from a third rival dojo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, or could you see him joining Cobra Kai? Yeah, although the gaming and the general lack of interest in physical activity... Might make it hard for him. Yeah. Yeah. Man. God, poor Anthony. Maybe he could be, like, the bureaucrat that, like, handles the papers. Oh. I know. A a less sexy, but still essential part of running a business. (laughs) That's just cruel. I know. There's There's no happy ending for a kid like that. Don't say that. I want the rise of Anthony to work. Okay, Just, well, speaking of rise of, uh, like, or Darth Anthony, I think this is the first episode we get a little glimmer of possibly Darth Miguel. Um, there's, he doesn't have a lot to do in this episode, apart from, like, Glower, but um, he's he's in a theater with his friends, with Aisha and Hawk, and he's airing out his insecurities, and I feel like they're planting the seeds for... Uh, yeah, Miguel to... Because you're right. Up until now, he's been, like, such a well-adjusted, nice kid. 
you see that he's like really bothered by Sam not wanting to introduce him to her parents. Um, again, what a weird thing for a high school kid to worry about. But okay, Miguel, you do you. Um, and of course, you see the expression on his face when he sees the LaRusso family dinner with that interloper, Robbie, just sitting there. Again, a lot of assumptions to make from like a pretty innocuous looking scene, but okay, yeah. sure. Um, yeah, you just see, like, okay, I get, we get it. And, like, he's been told by Johnny that, like, the LaRussos can't be trusted, so we see a glimmer of something in his eyes. Would you yeah. call it murderous rage? No, it just looks like teen insecurity. Yeah, teens, man. <sighs> I mean, um, but, like, yeah, you see, you see, like, a little, like, uh, chip chink in his armor. He's, like, he's insecure. Okay, I'm gonna ask... At this point, uh, who do you think is better equipped to win the All-Valley? Obviously, Miguel. Okay. Like, Robbie has, I swear to God, been learning karate for three weeks at this point. Um, and... What about his natural ability? (sighs) (laughs) How much about, how much of being good at karate is about effort? How much of it is natural talent? Well, considering I never completed a karate lesson, I could not tell you, but... I have a feeling that it helps to, like, have learned the moves for more than three or four weeks, right? Like, I mean, I assume once we enroll in karate lessons as part of this great podcast project, we won't be good enough to do the kind of shit that he does for a couple of months. Well, counterpoint, I would say, uh, you know, Miguel is still going to classes and he's taking karate lessons, like, in the evenings, on the weekends. Robbie is not even going to school and apparently... His work at Larusa Auto doubles as a karate lesson, and then he's going out into the woods. Oh, so you're weekend. saying he's like so he's getting twice the amount of practice? He's like twenty four seven all karate oh, yeah. all, ta- all the yeah. time. All right, you know what? That's not a bad counterpoint. And point. he's motivated by this like secret vengeance against his father. He's got an emotional component driving him. Although karate is about heart. I want to mention about the secret vengeance plot. He had no idea when he started interning at an auto shop that eventually he would be trained in karate. Like, that's insane. did he, though? Robbie read the script, clearly. but um, I mean, you don't show up to someone's house not expecting a karate lesson. I mean, I never do. Yeah. That's... I've mentioned this before. That is so psychotic. Like, just... <laughs> do you know what'll make my dad mad is if I intern for Daniel LaRusso? Okay. Sure. Um, okay. Did we... You think we covered it? I think we covered it. Okay. What is your your ranking? You know, this episode is basically there to set up a bunch of other stuff. That's true. So, I can't say that it's my favorite on its own. Um, Because, like, you know, it's there to show that, like, what? This rivalry between Daniel and Johnny, like, is still going strong and, like, setting up Darth Miguel a little bit. And it's like, on its own, there's nothing about it that was super memorable to me. So I'm going to give it, uh, let's see, what should my rating system be? I'm going to give it two jugs of orange juice. God damn it, you stole mine! This is freaky, guys. Um, Fine, fine. I'm going to give it uh, three out of five dogs. Chasing students. This this got away from me. I, I, See, I don't know. This is, I think... Just, this is what happens when I let you rank first. You never let me rank first. Wait, no, wait, you always let me yeah. rank first. Never Fine. Mind. Three out of five Cheeto-encrusted floors. Ugh. Three out of five uh, unfinished letters to the sun you're neglecting. Wow. Yeah, I got a lot. Three, uh, Two out of five 
now the, now the ranking is dropping. <laughs> no, mine was always two out of five. Two out of five. Wow. Anthony Larusso's sad expression when even Randall Larusso refuses sad. to hug him. Ah, Inevitable. I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, you know what we didn't mention? Um, for those who don't know, there is a song out there called Ralph Macchio. It is a synth pop extravaganza. And really quite perfect to play out this episode. Listeners, you're in for a treat. You're welcome. Strike first. Strike hard. No, no mercy. mercy. With the beating of my heart, I surrender.